when it comes to ensuring your company has top-notch security practices. Things can get complicated fast. With Vanta, you can automate compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Vanta's market-leading trust management platform can help you unify security program management with a built-in risk register and reporting and streamline security reviews with AI-powered security questionnaires. Over 7,000 fast-growing companies like Atlassian, Flow Health, and Quora use Vanta to manage risk and prove security in real time. You can watch Vanta's on-demand video at vanta.com slash decoder to learn more. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash decoder. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business. It's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's why you might want to check out State Farm Small Business Insurance. Why? Because State Farm agents are small business owners, too, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hello and welcome to Decoder. I'm Neil Patel, editor-in-chief of The Verge, and Decoder is my show about big ideas and other problems. Today, I'm talking to Bully Butt, the chief product officer at Reddit. Pali joined Reddit from Google about a year ago, and he's actually Reddit's first ever chief product officer, which is pretty surprising considering that Reddit is a series of product experiences. There's the reading experience, the writing experience, and most importantly, the moderation experience. One thing we always say in Decoder is that the real product of any social network is content moderation, and Reddit is maybe the best example of that. Every subreddit is shaped by volunteer moderators who use the tools that Reddit builds for them. So Pully has a big job bringing all of these products together and making them more powerful, all while trying to grow Reddit as a platform. Pully wanted to come on Decoder to talk about his new focus on making Reddit simpler. Simpler for new users to join and find interesting conversations, simpler to participate in those threads, and simpler to moderate. We talked a lot about the tension between what those new users need when they're learning to use Reddit and what Reddit power users want. If the goal is to grow the site, you run the risk of irritating your oldest users with change. One good example here is video. Reddit is rolling out a new dedicated video feed, which sounds a lot like an attempt to compete with TikTok, which every social network is trying to do. Turning Reddit from a text platform into a video platform is one of those things that usually irritates a lot of people but Reddit users have been asking for a better video player for a long time. So Pauly and his team came up with a new idea to one, fix the video player, and to build a separate experience that preserves the text experience and video. We also talked quite a bit about Google and search. Lots of people use Google to find things on Reddit, which is often held up as a criticism of Google's search quality. Now, Pauly used to work at Google, and he's explicitly trying to improve Reddit's search features. So I wanted to know if he thinks Google is vulnerable in search and if Reddit can become a primary search engine for people. Most importantly, I wanted to know what he took from Google's product culture and what he left behind in organizing Reddit's product team. This was a deep conversation and it touched on a lot of really big decoder themes. I think you're going to like it. Okay, Pali Butt, the chief product officer at Reddit. Here we go.
Bali Bhatt, you are the Chief Product Officer at Reddit. Welcome to Decoder. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. We got to start with some news. Today with the podcast, you're announcing your plans for Reddit as a product this year. Your theme is simplicity. You're splitting some of the interface apart to make it more simple with focus on text and video. How did you arrive at these changes? The biggest insight we had was uh, there's a ton of people, about 500 million or so folks who visit us uh, monthly. Uh, But honestly, our product is something that should actually be for everyone. We found Reddit to be kind of like this in thing where if you actually guard the joke and you're on the inside, you really understand Reddit and you love it and you see the value of it. And you might even go and start putting in Reddit in all of your Google search queries so you get Reddit results because you know that's the place you trust for authentic information. But if you don't know about Reddit and you don't understand it, it's a bit inscrutable, it's a bit chaotic. And it's hard to get. So what we wanted to do was really make Reddit for everyone. Keep it great for all the folks who are already on Reddit, but then keep it welcoming for everyone in the world. And so a big push of that is making the product just more simple. And simple in every way. Simple in how you discover communities. Simple in how you join communities. Simple in how you participate. If we can make all of those pieces simple then you can have the conversations you want to have on online uh, with anyone in the world. There's a piece here that's really interesting in terms of what Reddit is as a consumer product and what we think of it as, which is a social network. And then what you are describing, which is a very classic problem in like workplace software, right? You've got Microsoft Word has power users and they want all the buttons and the new user of Microsoft Word has no idea how to use the product. And any change you make to help the new user, irritates all of your power users. That is not how we think about social networking products. But that is exactly what you have just described. Is that the tension that you see? Yeah, look, uh, it's about helping the new users not have to trip over all the power user features, right? And making it just something that they can get from the very beginning. Uh, Because I will say, right, one of the things that social networks have done, which is great, is... They've made it easy for anyone to come and use the product, right, and get it from the get-go. And in Reddit, one of the cool things we've done is just focus on really having very, very high-quality conversations. In fact, I would put forth that Reddit is the best place to have conversations online. Now, if you're a new user and you're coming into that mix, you do want to make sure that it's easy for them to get all of the basics before they graduate into using more of the power features, right? And I think that's the real nut that we want to crack this year, which is making everything really, really simple. And so we're doing this in a, in a few different ways, right? So first, some folks want to consume text content or some folks want to consume video content. We want to make it make the whole experience more intentional. You pick the kind of feed you want, we'll give it to you, right? Because we've got great content across formats and across modalities. And it's really about just giving users that flexibility. It's just tailoring the whole experience based on the intent of, uh, of the user. The second bit is we want to declutter Reddit, right? It, it is chaotic. It is a little bit too complex for new users. And we want to make that 
just redesign and reorganize that experience so they can navigate Reddit and not have to worry about all of the power user features on day one. Right? They'll get to it because we know there's value in them. They just don't have to get to it on day one. And today we put all of it in front of you. Yeah. Are these changes designed to increase user growth? Is it designed to convert people into Reddit signups? It feels like Reddit's already pretty big. Are you saying we can get even bigger by making it simpler for people to discover the content? Yeah, look, um, Reddit's huge, but the potential is really everyone in the world. And every single person can benefit because we give you an intentional experience. It's not based on increasing the number of minutes you spend on the app, doom scrolling. Yeah. It's about really engaging in a deep way where you get value from uh, from what you're doing on Reddit. And that's why, you know, you see these trends that you don't see everywhere else. Like, for instance, you see a community like r slash world news be one of our top three communities last year. And the reason was not because you get all of the breaking news that breaks on Reddit, but the moment there's news, you get to see all of the perspectives and the different perspectives from all around the world right away, right? And the best conversations about that news is happening on Reddit. Similarly, if you look at you know, something like an r slash made me smile, which was one of our top 50 communities. It's just one of those positive communities that lifts you up. You hear about brave cancer survivors or you hear about, you know, sleepy baby otters. It could be <laughs> anything, right? It doesn't have to be only serious. But I think the, the cool thing about Reddit is just the community coming together. And it's very intentional by the very nature of how it's organized. It's organized into specific communities. We have 100,000 plus active communities growing every day. And you go engage in an intentional way. And I think that's the beauty of Reddit. And we want to bring that intentional experience to everyone. So yes, we have a 500 million folks monthly, but that should actually be billions of users. And the way we get there is by making sure we create a simpler experience that's tailored for everyone, right? And based on your intent, if you're a power user, great. You'll still have all of the amazing things that uh, you love on Reddit. If you're a new user, we'll help you just discover Reddit one step at a time. There's another side of the Reddit product that I think is very interesting here. We've talked a lot about sort of the consuming Reddit side. Well, actually, there's two other parts. Then there's the creating side, which we should get to. But I think one underappreciated aspect of Reddit as a software product is that there's a moderation function, right? Reddit employs some moderators, but the vast majority of the moderation is done by volunteers in the subreddits themselves. Is that a piece of the software puzzle that you spend a lot of time thinking about? Is it one that it just happens? I, I'm, I've participated in forums myself. I've been, I moderate our own comments on our site. And this is actually a piece of software that a lot of people use that we never cover is people who cover consumer internet tools. And yet on Reddit, it's like a core piece of the puzzle. Absolutely. I think it's it's something that we've gotten right from day one, uh, which is getting the community to establish the norms and the values that they want for their specific community. Think of Reddit as, you know, this community of communities, right? And each community establishes its own norms and values and 
they then go in and ensure that the conversations are staying up to the mark and in adherence to the norms and values they've established, which is really awesome. And of course, we have site policies, right, across across the board. So it is site policies that are enforced by Reddit, but each community then has its own norms and values. And the cool thing about this decentralized model is, as, as we've seen, it's safer and it scales better and it keeps the quality of the conversations and the content more authentic and at a, at a really high level. So when we look at uh, what we do for moderators, we spend a lot of time thinking about what's the tools we're building to make moderator lives just easier. And in fact, uh, you know, one of the one of the things that we introduced last year was uh, this internal thing called uh, meows, and we had a whole team that was just created around just getting more meows out there. Meows <laughs> stands for moderator experience oriented wins, and so it's really just focused, laser focused on moderator experience and making that so much better. And so we've uh, just released a series of tools to help moderators do better crowd control, uh, to manage an influx of new users and to ensure that moderator experiences are kept safe as well, along with the user experience. So we really take a lot of pride in the platform we've established. We have lots more work to do, um, but we're excited to continue to build on that because uh, we think the decentralized structure of Reddit, where we have volunteer moderators who oftentimes are the experts in that area, come together and help keep the communities safe, they keep the communities thriving, and they keep the communities growing is exactly what uh, we want to continue to enable. So that's that's a key part of the Reddit experience. But you also talked about another piece, which is everyone who's contributing, right? So we have tens of billions of users uh, of votes that are on Reddit every year, right? So upvotes and downvotes and things like that, right? That really determines in a core way what content actually rises up to the top and what actually falls. And that's actually another key piece of it as well, which is in many ways, Reddit is the platform that democratizes creation, right? We, we think of creation usually as like, oh, I made a video or I took a selfie, but actually in a very core way, users determining what aspects of conversations or what comments rise to the top or what posts rise to the top is one of the acts of democratizing creation, which I think Reddit is, uh, has done really well. One of the themes on Decoder is that the true product of any social network is actually content moderation. And that is the thing that defines the end user experience is the content moderation, the tools that are delivered to enable content moderation. That's what drives people to make whatever it is they make on the platform. Reddit is unique, right? It, it has volunteer moderators. You build a, a set of tools for them to express their values and all the subreddits. Do you agree with that thesis that the heart of the product is moderation? It's certainly a foundational pillar of why Reddit has scaled to the level it has, um, but still managed to create that authentic experience. I'll give you like 
the classic example, right? We uh, we launched this little uh, thing on April 1st of last year called Our Place, which was any user could go in and simply place a tile. And they were building this canvas, if you will. And we had just opened up a canvas and they could like place a tile. And you can only place one tile. So the only way you create something meaningful is by working together with your community. Any other place on the internet, that would have been spammed and you'd have had something that wasn't really worth looking at. At Reddit, with our place, you actually had this incredible creation. You had flags, you had the Ukrainian flag, you had like flags of different countries and you you had art. It was just magic that was created by the communities working together. And a big part of that and why that's enabled is because of this content moderation that you're talking about. And with Reddit, it's scaled, it's decentralized and it's done by the community. And I think that's the really, truly differentiated part of uh, of Reddit that people don't often understand, but uh, you got to the heart of it. The last part of Reddit as a product is creation. I think most people would think of Reddit as a text platform. There's a sort of collapse between, okay, showed up on this platform. I read all the content. I've internalized what is good and what is bad in the communities. I mean, I can see what's getting voted up and down. I can see what the moderators I w- want. The moderators themselves on subreddits are participating in exactly the same form. They're making text. They're communicating in text. And then when I go to create, it's making text is very easy compared to it's very, I think it's very, I'm a professional writer. I think it's very hard, but in terms of just like how much work it is, you type and you can create something in the, in the form. You can just copy things that have worked very easily before. One of the pieces of news here is that you're splitting Reddit into text and video feeds Every platform is sort of inevitably pulled towards a more video-focused experience because the advertising dollars are there for pre-roll. That's just how it works. But it is very hard to say, okay, I'm watching a bunch of videos. I cannot see what the moderators are doing because they're not communicating about their moderation decisions in video. And then the cost of making video is very high. And by high, I just mean complex. You've got to show your face, all this stuff compared to typing. All of that seems like a very different feedback loop, incentive loop, cycle, user journey. Is that why you're splitting them apart? Or is it, well, some people just want to spend all day watching video and we should make that easy for them? It's actually just preference. And it's not some people who want to watch videos. There's there's a ton of video that's created on Reddit. And there's a set of users, including me, who will watch, want a lean back experience where they're watching video some of the time. And at other times, I'm engaging deeply on text. Right? And so what we're doing is keeping all of the flows the exact same, which is moderators can still moderate and give you decisions with text. So it's not communities that are split into video-only communities versus text-only communities. It's really just content, right? So within a given community, like an Ask Reddit, you might see videos and you might see text or a community that I'm part of, or slash tennis, right? You see a bunch of tennis videos, but you also see text conversations. And so what we're doing is making it really seamless to flow between text and video. So you could watch a video and then participate in a conversation that's entirely in text. That's okay about that video, right? And but there's a, there's a difference in form there, right? Oh, if, yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Comments on a video are not uh, perceptually the same yeah. as the video. Like oh, yeah. they're, they're not as absolutely. important as the video themselves. 
Whereas comments on a great Reddit thread contain all the same weight as the OP, right? It's yeah. There's something there that is very important in text that is necessarily different in video. You're spot on. And so what we're doing is really doing multiple different aspects of this, which is, hey, can we let you watch some of the conversations that are happening in text, but with a more lean back experience? So think of it as a videofication, if you will, of Reddit. But we're also looking at how do you actually have video reactions and how do you actually then blend the text conversations and bring them more to the front when you're watching a video. So we're looking at picture-in-picture experiences. So there's a bunch of things that we're going to experiment with this year. And the key really is to just make sure that users can experience Reddit in the way that they're most comfortable with. In certain markets, I'll give you an example, in a place like India, people just love consuming video, right? And we want to allow that to happen, right, without saying, hey, the only way to engage with Reddit is via text. And so you'll see us experimenting a lot more with uh, with blending together video and text and letting users seamlessly transition between video and text as they choose. And by the way, there's another piece of Reddit you didn't talk about, which is images. Because Reddit's got yeah. the best memes on the internet. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's a bunch of folks who just want to like look at memes. That's okay too, right? And we, we see all of that activity growing. We see GIFs and comments increasing as an example. And so we're trying to make sure that we can give you a way to consume Reddit in the way you want and then engage back and contribute back to Reddit again in any of these formats, right? And so this is something that I expect that we'll continue to tweak and iterate on over the course of the year. But the initial step is just letting you consume in the way you you choose to. And so that's what you're going to see very soon. And then after that, we'll actually start like experimenting on things like video reactions, et cetera. So you can do that easily as well and have have a full conversation with the same weight as you talked about as the OP. When you look at things like Reddit's text creation tools, Reddit presents itself to the user as a very full-featured, very powerful text editor. It is Google Docs. It just happens to be pointed at Reddit, right? When you talk about video reactions and creating video inside the platform, well, then you, you quickly get to well, you get to TikTok, right? Which is a very powerful, like a shockingly powerful video editor that is so powerful, they actually split it out into CapCut, which is its own standalone video editor. But that's all pointed at TikTok. Are you are you going to have to build Adobe Premiere into Reddit to make all this work? <laughs> that's, that's a great question. You know, like the way we think about it is that we come with a unique perspective at Reddit, which is it's about the conversation and it's about democratized conversation. And by democratized conversation, I mean, you have a piece of content and it could be you you who's arguably one of the most well-known content creators online post. There's like, there's there's the Mr. Beast here. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm I'm way down here. (laughs) But but let's just look at the difference. Or somebody like me who's unknown just one of those people on Reddit creating. And each of our pieces of content, when we create it, it operates from the same rules. It starts with one upvote, our own. And then the community decides how it rises or falls, right? And I think that's 
incredibly different than every other platform. And second, that actually creates a platform for that conversation to occur, right? And that high quality conversation to occur. So if you think about some of the other platforms, whether they're focused on photos or whether they're focused on videos, ultimately what they're doing is putting the content at the original piece of content at the center and then making it all about that piece of content. And the conversation is not really the important part. What we've done is inverted that on its head and we've said, look, the conversation is actually the content. And that's the fundamental difference in how we approach it, right? So when you think about what we are focused on, it's all about optimizing for the conversation, which is why sometimes you'll, you'll see that full-featured like text editing on Reddit. Now, we do want to make contribution, whether it's in text or video, much, much simpler. But you'll see us keep the focus on the conversation and not on the OG piece of content, if that makes sense, right? And that plays out in every single aspect. It's not about trying to get people to break news on Reddit. It's about getting people to have conversations on Reddit. Going back to the earlier example I gave you about world news, right? And that's a thread that we have throughout the platform, which I think is extraordinarily powerful. And the more we do this, and this goes into every aspect of how we even present content to you. It's based on essentially a people-powered algorithm, right? People talk about like machine learning and the algorithm, et cetera. In our case, it's all powered by the people. It's powered by Redditors. And what Redditors determine is great content for a particular community, and then we show it to you. The pull to video is one of those things that we've just watched platforms have to reckon with. It sounds like you have a very clear idea of what video is, how you want to engage with video, how you want your community to engage with video, but it's there, right? I mean, every platform CEO or chief product person that I've talked to in the past year and a half has been talking about TikTok, whether or not they want to admit that they are talking about TikTok. Inside of Reddit, right, you've got all these conversations. I want to talk about Google and search and what's happening there on the tech side. But we've talked about video quite a bit, right? And video has become like a primary method of communicating for a lot of people on the internet all the time. Is that a pull that you have to resist? Is that a pull from the user side? Is it a pull from the, hey, we're losing minutes in the day to TikTok side? Is it, this is where the advertising dollars are? Where, where is that pressure really coming from? No, look, I think uh, we've actually got a, a product that's incredibly resilient because it's got this unique place on online, which is focused around conversations. No other platform is really laser focused on conversations like we are. Right. And because of that, our platform has been very, very resilient in markets like the United States and all of the places where Reddit's already popular. But to give you a sense, Reddit's still very much a nascent platform in a place like India or a place like the Philippines or pick like a Brazil. Right. And those are places where Reddit communities are just coming into being. And many of those places, there's already a preference towards video based on what they've been consuming, whether it's on like YouTube, like in India, there's no TikTok in India, as you know, but YouTube is a very, very popular platform in India, right? And so lots of consumers are, younger consumers are used to video 
in those places. And it's totally fine as a format for us to embrace that and give it to them, but give them our unique Reddit take on it, right? So if we think about like, you know, how we internally spend our time thinking about things, it's still about communities and conversations. So the number one thing that I spend my time thinking about is how do we keep subreddits the platform for communities and conversations globally, right? That's the focus I come in from. And the way for us to do that is simplicity, which is really making Reddit simple. Because if we made Reddit simple, I'm confident that more people would engage on Reddit every single day than they do right now. And even though the number right now is very large, right? Well, actually, you said the number was 500 million monthly most of the other platforms report dailies. What is the daily active user? Yes, the last number we've uh, shared is a little north of uh, 50 million dailies. And that's very intentional because we don't want this to be an addictive platform. We want this to be a platform that's additive to you, where you come in and your experiences are intentional. We are not trying to get you to spend the eighth hour of your day doom scrolling on Reddit. Right? We want you to actually have a, a happy experience and a welcoming experience on Reddit. So we don't tend to measure ourselves in the metrics that you see a lot of other platforms do. And I think that's for a good, good reason, which is the experience we want to create is not about getting people to monotonously go through video after video. Right? We want you to engage and we want you to engage and contribute as well. And that's why you see like contribution being such a powerful aspect of Reddit, right? And the community being such a powerful aspect of it. And so a key part of our focus is really about making subreddits that platform for communities globally and for conversations within those communities and empowering all the things we talked about. Users, moderators, we talked about like those two categories of users. And then something that, you know, oftentimes people forget is new users because we've got like existing users, but we've got new users coming as well, right? And so that I think is really the crux of it. And then the other piece that I, I think is very interesting is, is search because I do think that we uh, we have an opportunity to make search on Reddit better than it is, yeah. uh, than it is today. You're an ex-Googler. I'm 100% going to ask you about search I want to try the video monetization question one more time in a different way. And then I want to ask yeah. decoder questions. Yeah, and we're going to yeah, talk about sure. Google. We're sure. actually going to talk about Google quite a bit. You said you're the only platform that's laser focused on community. I feel like whoever the CEO of the bulletin is right now is like freaking out, right? Like there is another platform that makes forum software. It's just way more decentralized. Uh, and what I would point to from my own experience is all the car forums I'm in run on vBulletin. Our cars is great on Reddit, but if you are a fan of a particular model or a particular brand, you're almost certainly off on just some person's forum that they're running on vBulletin. The other platform that I would say is a much more community-organized platform is Tumblr. We had Matt Mullenweg on just a few weeks ago. He's like, we've got to figure out how to make money. But I bought this thing for nothing from Verizon. Now we're figuring out how to make money. And they've got a whole plan to do it. But Tumblr is that thing, right? It is a community. It's built on reactions. The thing that none of those other platforms have is any kind of scaled monetization. 
right? Tumblr, like literally it's so little that he bought it for no dollars, right? And VBulletin is whatever it is across a million sites that have no unified scaled monetization. Reddit has that thing. And if you want to move the needle on monetization, especially in an app for an advertising-based product like Reddit, the dollars are in video. Is that part of this? We've got to go capture those dollars? Look, um, there are certainly dollars in video. We we all know that, right? There's certainly lots of dollars in video as a YouTube or a or TikTok like show every single day. But there's also a huge demand for getting access to a very intentional audience. If you think about Reddit, it's one of the most intentional audiences out there because you've chosen what community to be part of, right? And you've chosen the kinds of topics to engage in. And oftentimes you see this, which is if you want to know an authentic product review and you want to know what people actually think about a product, you go to Reddit. <laughs> well, that happens to be something You know, a product review. It's <laughs> yeah. like a knife, man. <laughs> yeah. That's that's extraordinarily like powerful and Yes, you know, people monetize video. Yeah. But if you look at like what's monetized online, it still happens to be text ads on Google search. Yeah. So we're very comfortable with what we're doing. We do it in a way that's uh, that's actually additive to the experience, that helps our users and helps our advertisers. So we're comfortable with, with the way that we're approaching it. We need to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about Bali's time at Google and what he took away from it. Support for Decoder comes from Mint Mobile. Imagine you're at a very fancy, expensive restaurant. And as you're browsing the menu, wondering how you'll afford anything on it, you notice the filet mignon is a mere $10. At first, you think jackpot. But then you immediately think, wait, what's the catch? Now, what do suspiciously cheap steaks have to do with your cell phone bill? Well, we're used to seeing quote-unquote great deals from overpriced wireless providers and also thinking, what's the catch? But with Mint Mobile, there is no catch. For a limited time, their wireless plans are just $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. You can get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just $15 a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash decoder. That's mintmobile.com slash decoder. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash decoder. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on an unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Support for this podcast comes from Hims. It can be challenging for men to speak about their health, and whether that's a fear of being vulnerable or just wanting to keep things private, there are just some things we would just rather keep to ourselves. Hims knows how you feel, which is why they're looking to provide you the help you need discreetly. Hims is a men's healthcare brand looking to provide simple and convenient access to science-backed treatments for men. The entire process is 100% online, so you can get a new routine of improving your overall health in private. If prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and in discreet packaging. No waiting rooms and no pharmacy visits. So while it can be tough to deal with this part of your life, it doesn't mean you have to do it alone. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com decoder. 
That's H-I-M-S dot com slash decoder for your personalized treatment options. Hims.com slash decoder. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See hymns.com slash decoder for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. We're back. I've gotten so into it so quickly with you that I forgot to ask the decoder questions. You're the first chief product officer in Reddit history, which is honestly quite quite shocking. Uh, given that Reddit is a product with all these different surfaces. What does that title mean for you at a company like Reddit? Look, at the end of the day, uh, I think of my job as being the voice of all of our users. That includes Redditors who are not just consuming, but also contributing every single day. It includes our moderators uh, who are really creating uh, the foundation for Reddit. And it includes all of those new users who haven't yet seen the magic of Reddit. And it's shocking that they haven't because this is one of the most valuable assets that you can get online and it's accessible freely to everybody, right? And so it's making Reddit much more focused on serving uh, the needs of all of these user segments that we just, uh, just referenced. And... If we go do that and we continue to remain laser focused on communities and conversation, I think we'll do um, we'll do just great. And then it's about like making sure that we continue to support and enable the team of uh, folks uh, on the inside at Reddit who are building all of these uh, these great products. I will say that um, a big part of like what I do is not uh, not necessarily about coming up with the best idea. It's about bringing together the team so we work on the highest priority things. And by the way, that means I have multiple conversations daily with Steve Huffman, who's our CEO and co-founder and also the person who envisioned a lot of Reddit's product as it stands today. Yeah, I mean, he was the chief product officer for a long time, right? Alexis Ohanian, one of the other co-founders, friend of The Verge, also effectively a chief product officer for Reddit. Yeah. And so, and then when you look at the team, we've got a great group of folks across not just PM or UX or data science or community, but we've also got a great group of engineers and we've got sales folks. We've got ideas coming in from everywhere and marketing. And so we've really got a team of folks who contribute to how we develop product. But one of the most important uh, uh, audiences we've got for directing our product is our users. Our users tell you when something is broken and they're the most vocal sets of users you can get, which is really, in my mind, a gift because they give us feedback all the time. I'll give you an example. One of the first things I did was uh, post our set of things we want to do and open it up to the community for feedback. And this was last year, early last year, and shortly after I joined, and the community just said, look, your video player is broken. It sucks. And guess what we did? We actually started a new subreddit called r slash fix the video player. <laughs> and we reported progress and we received bug reports from our community. And we went and made the video player experience a whole lot better. We can still make it better still. But that's how we're actually developing. We're developing with the communities. 
And um, that's just uh, a really powerful thing. So my focus, just a user. Two-part question. How is Reddit structured? How do you fit into the larger structure of Reddit? And then how have you structured your product team? Yeah. So Reddit has, think of it as a product area, and then there's uh, all of our business areas, right? So we've got consumer business, and business includes all the things that you can imagine around sales and our ads platform. It, of course, includes our finance teams, it includes marketing, etc. right? Then on the consumer side, we've got our community team, we've got our uh, engineering team, we've got our PM team, our user experience team, our data science team, IT teams. So we bring those things together on the consumer side, and I lead the the consumer side of the house and report in uh, in Steve. Uh, in terms of how uh, the teams organized, really organized around the key themes that we think about. Right. So we've got a team focused on the core experience. We've got a team focused on the infrastructure of Reddit because keeping Reddit running and stable and performant is an ongoing journey where we want to focus on making sure that even if you're on a really bad connection, Reddit should work great. So we are really like investing in making sure all of those pieces come together in this goal, all laddering up to this goal of making subreddits the platform for communities and conversations online. This is the classic decoder question. You spent 10 years at Google working on enterprise software. Now you're the head of consumer software, the most consumer platform there is. How do you make decisions? It's a great question. I think um, the number one thing is I start with the step before the decision, which is I'm focusing on product decisions, right? Which is why are we even working on something? And it has to ladder up to making life better for at least a segment of our users. Starting from there and then laddering down to, okay, once you've figured out the why, you have to figure out what the priority is for a given area of investment. Then you have to decide like, okay, how much are you actually willing to invest in it? And so a big part of like what I do is uh, making sure that we have clarity on the why and what we actually want to work on, and then making a call on does it make sense for us to do or not. Most of the time, if I've done my job right by setting up the right priorities and product principles by which we operate, now if you ask our team, everyone will tell you, hey, we're focused on making subreddits the (laughs) the platform. You'll see me say that often. They'll all know that the priority for the first half of the year and the remainder of this year is simplicity. They'll all know that, you know, there is an opportunity for us in making search better on Reddit. That, and they'll know that we have to keep our platform stable. And so given that, right, this is a very simple set of product principles so that our teams can make decisions themselves. Ideally, I want to make the decision at the place where they have the most information, which is with our teams. And only occasionally does like really critical decisions bubble up. And once it bubbles up, it's really about the why and how we're helping our users. If we can get happy users, everything else solves itself. You're an ex-Googler. You just got a job as head of product. You got to set up this team. You are the perfect person to ask this question that I've been basically dying to ask for a long time. I feel 
Like Google set up a model for how a product team should run. It created the modern conception of a product manager who's really empowered, who's a CEO of a product, this whole, all of this stuff, these cliches about what a product team should do. And then everyone else just sort of inherited it. And there's not actually a lot of introspection about whether that shit worked. And if you look at Google today, the answer is like, maybe it didn't, (laughs) right? Like, there's a reason they have 19 messaging products and none of them are a success. There's a reason that Android is at, you know, constantly fractally expansive, but also seemingly reactive to Apple at every turn. Right. And it's the, it's the sort of culture of product inside of Google. You are now you've stepped outside of that. You've described something that is not quite that thing, right? Especially this focus on why are we even doing this? Which I think is a question that Google should ask itself more often. Is there an opportunity to rethink that core product team idea, that core product structure? Is that happening enough? Yeah, look, I think Google isn't a, a monolith like people, people imagine <laughs> it from the outside, right? Yeah, it's, it's actually its uh, problem. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's north of 150,000 people. I don't know what the latest number is, but it's, it's a large number of people uh, working on almost a bewilderingly large array of products right at any any given point and so you really have these different teams that focus on different things in in Google and one of the things that um, I spent a lot of time uh, PMs at Google is it's actually the inverse you are not the CEO of the product you are the enabler, you help every single person in whatever way you can to make sure that the user is still at the center of what the team is focused on, right? And yes, there are other like conceptions of this, but I think it largely comes down to each individual group than Google and how they operate. At least the way we operate is much more similar to this. And Google has certainly been, has its fair share of successes and things that haven't gone so well. You you referenced messaging. Yes, I think that's a pain point that everyone in Google is like um, deeply aware of. But, 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 but like you that, now run effectively a more successful messaging product than anyone. Yes. <laughs> right? Like that's crazy in the sense that they make the phone software. And I guess what I'm getting at us is maybe in a more succinct way more direct way. What did you take with you from the Google product culture and what did you leave behind intentionally? Yeah. Uh, Look, the two things that I've always uh, taken is uh, a laser focus on users. And the second thing is ensuring that we're dreaming big enough because not enough people actually think at the scale that Google often thinks at. We'll give you an example. When Street View originally came out, there was a lot of reports of, oh, this is going to be some toy thing that only is done for like Mountain View streets, as an example. <laughs> well, it turns out there's Street View in really tiny streets around the world, right? And that scale is something that I've always appreciated about Google and something that, that scale thinking is something that I've taken with me. Uh, the focus on the user, which... You know, you could argue that Google has lost some of. But I, I was there long enough that I, I always like focused on that and I've always kept that. Uh, those are two things I've taken. Uh, what I 
intentionally didn't take was really some of the struggles that Google had working across teams. You, you spoke about like N different messaging products. I don't even know what the number is. Right? So, <laughs> it's somewhere between six and 6,000. It's yeah. in there somewhere. But I think that's a function of multiple teams trying to go after the same problem instead of like saying, hey, we're going to have one team that comes together and does this. And that's really boiled down to teams not necessarily being able to work with each other well. Right. And it's because it was so large. The good news in Reddit is that we're not large. We're we're a tiny startup in comparison, right? But we still have to make sure that we always have that singular focus on the user and the singular focus on one mission, which I think is a challenge, not just for Google, but any very large company. Because you tend to have, even though they might have one mission statement, you tend to have fractured missions once you get to the team level. And at Reddit, we are all focused on bringing community and belonging to everyone in the world. It's that simple, right? And so because of that, we've, we've unified. And that's a piece that I've you know, consciously said, look, we should never fall into that trap. We have to take another break. But when we come back, I asked Bali about search. He's an ex-Googler, so, you know, I had to. Support for Decoder comes from Shopify. Some people might say cat memes built the internet, but it's e-commerce that keeps the lights on. If you've dreamt of building a business, Shopify can be a great place to start. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. It doesn't matter if you're a well-established global brand or selling handcrafted goods out of your home workshop. Shopify has the tools to help you go further. Like their AI-powered tool, Shopify Magic, or their built-in marketing tools that can help you create, execute, and analyze campaigns. You can sell wherever, too, online or with their in-person point-of-sale system. Millions of entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries rely on Shopify for their e-commerce needs. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com decoder, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash decoder now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash decoder. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You've heard it before. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But it's more than just a tagline. Because State Farm agents are small business owners themselves who live and work in your community. And if you're in the market for small business insurance... Who better to work with than an agent who understands what it takes? State Farm agents can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. Talk to your local State Farm agent today about small business insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We're back. You mentioned search several times. You, you see search as an opportunity. A couple weeks ago, I was in Redmond to look at the new version of Bing. I talked to Sachin Adela. He sees search as an opportunity. The idea that any set of companies, big or small, is looking at Google and saying search is the opportunity is frankly shocking, right? They, they've fallen down on the job in some way that people perceive as an opportunity. And when I ask others, what's the evidence that Google is getting worse at search. The thing they say universally is I now type the word Reddit in after my searches. So I can go to Reddit where the real answers are instead of getting the SEO spam. 
I, I have to imagine that this has come up for you, right? That Google is, people are using Google to search Reddit and you're saying that's gotta be an opportunity. What does that opportunity actually look like for you? Is it to capture more Google audience or is it to become a primary search destination in Reddit's own right? It's a great question, but I'll start off by saying that today when the average person wants to search for something, they still go to Google. Okay. So I love that, you know, we're seeing so much interest in the search space, but I think it's important to acknowledge that any statements about like, you know, the imminent death of Google search <laughs> are maybe a tad premature. Sinadella is like, I want them to dance. I mean, he is full into <laughs> yeah. it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And look, I, I love the amount of innovation that's happening, especially like, uh, you know, even from some of the larger companies like, like Microsoft. But we come at this from the Reddit perspective, which is, look, Reddit's about having those really great authentic conversations that are within a community context. What that right. means right. is- but, let me, but I'll just yeah. ask you very directly. Yeah. Is the number of people coming to Reddit from Google search because they're appending Reddit to the end of the query going up or is it going down? Look, honestly, we can't quite tell what that's happening because we don't get like keyword keywords from, you see uh, Google, from Google. Oh yeah, we, we, see, we see Google traffic for sure. And a lot of people use Google to come back to Reddit, and that's the opportunity, right? Which is right, but I, specifically, is the opportunity okay? We've acquired one Google search customer. We need them to log in and start being a Reddit user, or is it we need to train this person to come and search Reddit on the first instance next time? Because those are different paths. It is different paths, but it's actually something that's one step before that. We first need search on Reddit to be great. <laughs> Fair enough. Because the reason, the reason that you know anyone's like going to Google and typing in like Reddit at the end of their keywords is because search on Reddit needs to get better. Now, if search on Reddit got better, then at least for the set of like queries that users already know Reddit is good for, they would just go to Reddit and search for that content. And that would actually make sense because a lot of those users are already on Reddit. That's how they know Reddit's great for whatever they're searching for. And they're already spending time on Reddit. They're having to break out of Reddit and go to Google in order to do the search. So at the most core level, we're simply trying to make that experience better for Redditors who are already on Reddit, right? And letting them search on Reddit. And if they go do that, Right. Suddenly that opens up a whole set of opportunities for us. So you talked about these users who actually search on Reddit and making them engage with Reddit. It's actually the reverse. These are users on Reddit who are going and engaging with Google. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make sense? So yeah. those are the users we are really looking to serve. And if we go do that, Bing's going to be around, Google's going to be around, People are going to search where they have the best search experience. We just want to make sure that the Reddit search experience is great. Reddit does some AI work. You recently bought an AI company called Otterloo. There's a machine learning company called Spell. You've got your own capabilities, and there are reasons that you would have them, right? Moderation, top of the list. You look at where the hype is in AI right now. It's all in generative models, generative AI. OpenAI, goes, it just goes out and scrapes the internet, right? And 
other companies go out and scrape the internet, including Reddit, to build their models. Is there a thought that you should build your own model of Reddit and people should just be able to chat with a subreddit? I'm not sure that anybody should chat with like our politics, but that's what your competitors are doing, right? That's where Bing's opportunity comes from is a training data set that is in part the content on Reddit. Yeah, look, uh, first of all, like we're not scraping the rest of the internet. We have to start with just looking at <laughs> our own data. We've got like so much data. In fact, you know, arguably we are one of the sources of content that people want to use for tra- training models, etc. The first thing that we do is looking at our own data because we've, we've got a lot of data to look at. In terms of how we think about it, though, it's twofold. First, the real value proposition of Reddit is it's the human face of the internet. So if you want authentic human conversation and genuine interactions, you go to Reddit, right? And it's high quality and you know uh, what you're going to get. That's something that we believe there's always going to be a need for. Will there be fun experiences that you can create with a chatbot within a subreddit that you might want to shoot the shit with? Yeah, we will. <laughs> <laughs> we, we could see things like that be part of the experience, but our focus really is making sure that our authentic experiences are always available for, for users. Are you worried about Reddit being overrun by generative AI? We've seen a lot of other platforms have to ban chat GPT generated content. We've seen sci-fi writing competitions have to shut down entries because it was getting out of hand. They couldn't moderate it. Has this started to happen to you? We don't see that flood yet, but it's certainly something that we're keeping our eye on because uh, we want to make sure that we're keeping Reddit Reddit. Does that mean that you wouldn't offer some of those tools to people? No, look, we're we're open to all kinds of tools, right? Because we think it could be additive to the experience, but it has to be additive and not just spammy. Because the core of Reddit's value proposition is you get high quality content and spam just doesn't have a place in that in that scheme of things. Is there a thought that you should block the open AIs and stability AIs of the world from scraping Reddit and you should keep that data for yourself to build products like this? Look, not everyone uh, scrapes Reddit today. So this isn't about blocking everyone because not everyone is even using it today. What we are doing is thinking through what should be the policies around use of Reddit data because the key here is we want to make sure that our communities are protected and our users are protected because Reddit as a platform has always been privacy first. And for all of the platforms out there, we've we've focused on that from the get-go. So we, we are going to continue to safeguard, uh, safeguard that. What strikes me about this is you're being more cautious with AI than I think you were with NFTs. Right. With there was like the NFT cycle, and then like you were you showed up, you were the new guy, and you're like, I don't know, we have an NFT marketplace. And it's it's just burning along in the background. I'm told that it is bigger than OpenSea on some days. But you just like went out and did it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what are you gonna do about AI? And you're being very thoughtful and measured. Why the difference there? Yeah. Look, um, just a quick thing on the NFT side, right? Um, yes, we've that was really a Reddit take on collectible avatars. You notice that we didn't focus on the tech aspect of it at all. And yes, it's scaled. We, I think last count, we, we have more than 8 million wallets created on uh, created by Redditors and 
know, we just did a, a Super Bowl avatar release. It was one of the fastest uh, selling. It's done well because we focused on what's useful for Redditors and what's good for our users, not the overall market, et cetera. And we're going to take the same approach with, uh, with AI as well. Even with our collectible avatar product, we weren't the first to market. In fact, you would argue that we launched after the market had already crashed. <laughs> right. And so, speak of great timing, right? And so, <laughs> but as it turns out, if you focus on users and do something that's useful for them and build a great product, it, the timing actually doesn't matter as much. So in the same way, I think on AI, we're going to do things that make Reddit better. It's not about simply running after the latest hot trend and sticking a chatbot into in a Reddit. It's about really making sure that we use it in a thoughtful way and use it in a way that makes Reddit the Reddit experience better for, for our users. Well, that is an amazing place to end it. It was so great to talk to you. I feel like I had to talk to you for another hour. So we'll have to have you back soon when you launch your AI product and take on Google. That's the next step. Polly, thank you so much. It was great talking to you, Nilay. Thanks again to Polly for taking the time to talk today. Thank you for listening to Decoder. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, I'd love to hear what you think of the show. You can email us at decoder at theverge.com or hit us up directly on Twitter or TikTok. We're at DecoderPod on both platforms. If you like Decoder, please share it with your friends and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, hit us with that five-star review. Decoder is a production of The Verge and part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. It was produced by Creighton D. Simone and Jackie McDermott. It was edited by Kelly Wright. The Decoder music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. Our editorial director is Brooke Minters, and our executive director is Eleanor Donovan. We'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts.